a Lifetime original podcast. This episode's going to fly off the shelves. Everyone's going to download. I love a Lifetime movie. I just was like, I just want to see an old woman in a score. It's like wild how many hotels are murder scenes. If you're going to have to, if there's a thriller, why can't they have a little sex too? And I was like, you could have done that less creepy, sir. Come for the booze, stay for us being bad at our job. You know, sometimes the sentences, they just don't, like the words are there, but they're just not in the right order or they're missing. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, my God. You are too much. I can't. Before you say anything, Natalie, I need to remind you that we are not talking friend to friend. Yes, pretty obvious you're not on my side. Hello, baby booze. Welcome back to a brand new epi of I Love a Lifetime Movie. I am one of your hosts, Naomi Paragon, here with the perfect, the inimitable, classy, graceful Megan Gailey. Hi, baby booze. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's our new, you know, we've been searching for an outro ever since our podcast film, but I think we've definitely found our intro. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, Megan, how are you doing today? What do you, how do you feel emotionally? Naomi, I had my own lifetime interaction this week. Okay, tell me everything. It wasn't even an interaction. Okay, so I go to the post office, which already that feels very like something in an an altercation at a post office would happen in a Lifetime film. Yes. And so I'm in my, I'm in like actually a matching workout outfit, which always gives me like a- That's very Lifetime also And like the jacket- it did, didn't, it wasn't part of the set, but I made it, you know, like it all went together. It was like matchy. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was cute. It was cute. And so I was like carrying a box out and there was a man in a brand new Porsche, like a SUV, oh. like a nice one. And you know, I can wow. tell years of cars. Okay. I know. Oh I know my what, God. Are you Marissa Tomei? No, I can't do it like that. Vinny? No, I can't do it like that. I just know when it's an old model or a new model. <laughs> I've got a discerning palette. So I'm like, this is a new model Porsche SUV. And the wow. man is, which feels very like, I'm a man. Not right, I'm a man, it's intimidating. Like, it's a power move. Yeah, exactly. And the, there is a man sitting in the um, driver's seat and he is so hot, like hot. Ooh. And he was just staring at me. Like <gasps> truly. And I didn't, listen, my outfit was cute, but I didn't look good. You know, it's like mask, sunglass, hat. You can't even really yeah. see yeah, what's yeah, yeah. going on. And he was staring at me so intensely. And I'm like, if I were in a Lifetime movie, this is when I would meet this man. And then we would have an affair. And then he would try and murder me and I would murder him in the end. Right, right. And (laughs) and since I had seen all of that, I was like, this hot Porsche man does nothing for me. Like, I was like, (laughs) I know you're a killer. Like, whether he's a killer or not, I'm just like, in my movie that is the Lifetime of my film, you would kill me. And, And then he like, was then he like came in as I was leaving and stared at me again. I was like, oh, nope. okay, oh my god, okay, age. What is his age? What was his age bracket? Uh, yeah, like in his thirties. I would say now, thirty to early forties. Staring at you, was he like? Was it a steely gaze? Do you yes. know what I mean? Like, was it a serious? Okay, yes. It was that is intense. very lifetime. What a guy is like the stalker, right? He like parks yeah. across the street, but then he's like, and he's always there. And we were always joking about how it's like. How do you not see this person staring at you? You are proving you will always notice a person yes. staring at you. And it wasn't a checking yes. out stare. It was like a, right. I am seeing into your soul. Wow, 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 yeah. wow. So That was a lot. 
I, I even told CJ, I go, there was a hot man in a Porsche and I don't know if he was coming for me sexually or violently, but yep. he didn't even get, I didn't even give him a chance, honey. <laughs> I didn't even give him a chance to get all up in there. I said, no, sorry. I'll take my Jetta and we're getting on out of here. 2017 Jetta too. Old model. <laughs> Old model Jetta. Well, I'm proud of you because I, you know, and this is one of the things I do like a, I love about a Lifetime movie, though. It opens your eyes to the predators around you. Yes. Because I watch a lot of true crime. I know you don't, but this is what you're getting from Lifetime. You're getting the same takeaways that I get from true crime. You're realizing that these hot men can be dangerous. Exactly. Because if it's a hot man and they're coming for me with my entire face covered, that yep. they're not coming for me because they like me. It's like they're coming for me for something. Something nefarious. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, that's what I think, too. It's like whenever a guy is like that, where it's like, or even let's say I wasn't covered in like a mask and a hat, right? You don't know me yet to right. be in love with me. Right. So you're only into like the object you see before you. Mm -hmm. So when you come in hot, it's like, absolutely not. You know, I was, this is, don't be worried. This is not depressing. It's just a fact. So, you know, I grew up in New York and I like developed at like, by like age 10, 11. And men would talk to me all the time. Uh-huh. But I looked 10 or 11, but I just had breasts. You know what I mean? Like, I had braces. I was like a yeah, you were obviously a child. Obviously a child. And, like, it's wild. And, like, I feel like I learned really early on. I was like, oh, this is this, this man is gross. Because right. Because the only thing he is, like, he's only seeing the parts that he wants to see. But it's, it's like, still attached I, to a child. Exactly. It's yeah. like, ew, you're gross. These stare downs. These stare downs. Oh, I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm so glad you got in your Jetta and you drove away. I mean, but at the same time, I want you to use what you felt, okay? You need to be writing this down for our movie. You need to make sure you get the broad strokes of his vibe, his car, everything you felt. You've got to use that for your character. Well, because sometimes you'll see people and you're like, could I identify them in a lineup, right. you know? Right. And I yes, and yes, I, yes, yes. I think I could, but maybe I couldn't. Maybe they would just show me like a couple hot men. I'd be like, oh, I like them all. I don't know. <laughs> Oh my God, you are too much. I can't. You want to get into the movie? Hold on, one last thing. You know, I love me some shameless self-promotion. And I wanted to let y'all know I'm on another podcast this week called The Table is Ours. It's a podcast about all things black. Oh, it was beautiful. It was affirming. And I really got into it with the host Kirby and Amira. We talked about being the only black girl in the room, everywhere from high school to the writer's room. It was a great conversation, so you should all check it out. Again, it's called The Table is Ours, so find it wherever you get your podcast. Oh, awesome. I'm excited to listen. I am excited. Okay, you guys, this movie. I love we this are title. Talking about today. It's called Did I Kill My Mother? Question mark. Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys, if you have not seen it, which you know you should, it's on Lifetime Movie Club. But anyway, real quick. It's about a woman named Natalie who, a year after her father's unsolved murder, her mother is found dead in the home they both live in. And now police suspect that Natalie may be the murderer. Oh. Hello. <sighs> Very appropriate to have watched with your mother. Yes. On Mother's Day. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f***? 
are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, so the movie starts off and instantly I'm going to tell you like classic LT. Classic LT. Uh All right. Mom and daughter. You know, mom, blonde, 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 two blondes, blonde, blonde. (laughs) Mom, Laura is a realtor. We love to see it. Mm -hmm. One of the lifetime's go to jobs. Mm -hmm. And daughter Natalie, she's like a little sassy, but she's trying to like her goal is to get into law school. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And we see her opening up her scores in the LSATs. Yes. And she got a 160. 160. And mom is so excited. 160. It just doesn't feel right celebrating without dad. I know. And I Googled that to know if that was actually a good score because they're very excited. And what I found out that (laughs) I Googled what's a good LSAT score and it was 160. (laughs) Like I love whoever wrote it was like bare minimum, you know, (laughs) and and then I like looked up. She would not be able to get into Harvard like. Okay. The Ivies we're talking 171 minimum. I was, I'm like very surprised that it's that like the number is that low. Do you know what I mean? Like back in our day, right? The SATs, like they make you feel like it's a very big deal when you're yeah. getting into like four digit numbers. But I mean, Natalie is very excited. She's gotten the 160, but dad isn't home yet. Dad is a lawyer. So obviously she's following in footsteps, mm. but he is working on a big case. The Manzati or Manzanati. Yeah. Like, Manic- like a, not like Manicotti. Not Manicotti. Um, the but, Miz- yeah, Manzotti's are right. Mm-hmm. Italian mob. <laughs> Should we just he keep trying to guessing bl- Italian names? <laughs> uh, Manzanotti, Mazda Miata. <laughs> um, and he's trying to bring down the mob, basically. Okay, daddy's right. bringing down the mob. He's yeah. that good, mm-hmm. even though we haven't even seen him. And then they're like going to wait to celebrate. And then they get a knock. There's a knock at the door. And you think, okay, dad's home. It's going to pop off. And who and is it, Megan? Who po- comes to the door? It was a police officer. Nick? Laura, there's been an accident. And that's, when you see, when we all know, cop at your door, uh, not good, not good if you're the victim or the defendant, you know, not exactly. good either way. Um, and so the dad was, he, well, we actually don't know what happens to him yet. Well, there was an accident. That's all we hear. There was an accident, yes. We hear there was an accident. Mm-hmm. So we know, again, this is lifetime. So don't think the dad is just like broken his leg, okay? No. There has been a true loss. So he's like, there's been an accident. And then yes, one year later. And then that is when we see Natalie coming home very, very drunk. I forgot my, I left my, I couldn't find my house, the key. I think I left it at the bar. How much have you had to drink? When I first saw that, I was like, okay, girl, good. (laughs) You know, like, I'm not mad at her. Like, she's going through something. Mm -hmm. Um, So she's trying, the mom comes out and she's like clearly disappointed. And you can tell that in this past year, the relationship has suffered as uh, uh, because of the dad's death and that Natalie has been drinking. There's an allusion to a guy that the mom doesn't like, Ethan, who is like an ex. But then her and her mom get into like a pretty heated fight, a a classic 
lifetime daughter yelling at a mother in a way that I would never imagine doing to my mom. I don't need your help, okay? You're the one who can't even close the deal on a house. You're all like, hey, do you want to buy a house? It comes with a conspiracy theory. Do you care? I mean, that's weird, mom. You're the one who needs help. I mean, it was insane. Yeah, I said... If if Nat, if this was a if this was one of the Black Lifetime movies, you the daughter would do been that. the one did. Yeah. Okay, it would yeah, have been yeah, like, yeah. did I kill my daughter? Exactly. She was and I know I did because she was talking shit to me. But exactly. then, yeah, she like insults her like selling a house. Like I'm like, what? You're coming for your mother's career? That is crazy. Her husband died. Like you guys should be. It, it made me sad for sure. I know. So Natalie stumbles upstairs. And then she comes downstairs the next morning and we've heard nothing. Like it's literally like blackout. She like literally blackout and blackout. And then (laughs) she is downstairs walking around and she finds her mom dead on the floor. Mom? Mom? House ransacked, mom dead on the floor. (sighs) What? I was like, holy crap. Because I will say, like, obviously, I did know the title. I yes. did know this was going to happen. I just didn't think it was going to go down like that. Yeah. Like, literally, you go to bed, and then you wake up, and your mom's dead on the floor. It was, like, so wild. Yeah, well, she was and in so, the house, and it's exactly. so wham, bam from the dad. Even though it's a year, it's the first two scenes of the movie. The dad exactly. is dead. The mom is dead. And you're like, I know. oh, my God. Uh, did, uh, the LSAT is out the window. You know, I like know. not a mention of law school. <laughs> I was like, Natalie, you've been through so much. She's been through so much. And so then the police chief, Nick, who's giving you like older dad vibes. Mm-hmm. He's like in his 50s. He's wearing just like a budget suit. He's you, like very. He, he goes to get donuts. You know, he's yes, like that. exactly. Um, he's he's pop. he's fatherly. He's supportive, and he was the one. You know, he was there when her dad died too. So he comes in and questions Natalie about the murder. Listen to this. My mom let me in, and then we talked for a bit, and then I went to bed. And after that, did you hear anything? Any noises? Any voices? I guess I'd had a little bit more than a little bit to drink. Yes, okay. First of all, yes, you did have more than just a little to drink. Don't even yeah, lie. Like, right. to me, I wouldn't have lied about that. That would have been the first thing out of my mouth because the only thing that would kind of justify you not why know, you being cagey. Yeah, you not knowing what happened. Like, I'd be like, oh, no, I was blackout drunk. Yeah, <laughs> but I think she knows then they'd be, like, did you ever see The Night Of? Yes. This yes, is yes. real, like, Night Of vibes You're where right. it's like, oh, I was so messed up. I don't know what happened, but there is a person dead now. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Like, because, <laughs> and, like, I, listen, I've blacked out in my life. I have. I went to a Big Ten school. Okay, I've lived. Um, it's not good. <laughs> I'm not proud of it. But it's like, if I was murdering someone in the blackout, I think I would come out of it. You know, right. like, I don't think you would fully have no idea. Um, but Also, I, I you would, you would also have signs of having you know mom is like on the floor and there's like some blood yeah i don't think that like you would be like clean in the morning like there would be a sign that like you killed someone and also like messing up the house like you'd have a paper cut at least from going through all the files the mom was bludgeoned to death you know like it was beaten so it's you're right you it would there would be a mark on you in some way in some way you Mm -hmm. know it's like who's cleaning up in a blackout so the Police chief Nick like takes her to like the local motel 
And that's where she's going to stay while they sort of process the crime scene that is now her home that she grew up in. Dark, dark, dark. Can I say something about this motel? That yes. is the stupidest idea. What like uh, Ethan is bad. You know, we we right. still have yet to meet Ethan, but like the mom doesn't like him. She doesn't feel safe staying with him. It's all obviously someone who's like right. not a good influence. Right. You're going to take this person whose mother was just murdered to stay at a motel? Like I know. What are you talking about? She has this best friend and as we see later in the film, this motel is very shady and there's shady yes. characters and like a uh, a motel is you you can walk off the street Anybody into someone's yep. room like Anybody. that is unsafe and I and I do not like it. Yes, I know it was very janky. It had like it kind of reminded me of like where like someone would stay on Veronica Mars. It would just be like one of yeah. those like janky places where it's like, who did you murder? What drug right. are you on? Like it was not like a cute ramshackle beach town motel. No, and she it has was two dead parents that like they don't know what happened. Like it's like I know. I, I'm not even saying witness protection, but maybe maybe a a housing place that has a lobby. I know. <laughs> At bare well, minimum. I will say, you know, we always talk, you know, this the next part though really made me think of us and what we could play because Natalie is in this janky motel and her bestie Shelby, mm-hmm. black woman Shelby, she was giving us real good lace front, hair was full, yet looking natural. And she comes and brings her some stuff. And Shelby's like a bartender at Rudy's, this place, you know, that's like the one place, the, the one hang in town. The spot. <laughs> I know. And Shelby's like very supportive. Um, even so much so that when creepy Ethan comes to the bar when she's working, Shelby shuts it down. Listen to this. And speaking of unwelcome repeats. Where is she, Shelby? Not here. Now neither should you be. A lot of me. Okay. You're a creep. And you should leave. Her car's outside, Shelby. You can't try to tell me she's- Because she walked home. Just like you should. Okay, don't want to wreck that pretty little car of yours. I love that Shelby was like, get out of here. You were yeah. the worst. Very supportive friend, not supportive enough to be like, hey, you can stay with me. Your mom was just murdered <laughs> while you were in the same house. But Shelby lives with her mom, probably. That's what I'm getting. Yeah, I was like, I yeah, think yeah, Shelby yeah. just doesn't have the, the space to spare. Right. I right, thought right. a lot about it. Whose couch <laughs> could Natalie be on? Nick's, you know, like just yeah. no one in this town has a guest bedroom. I know. <laughs> um. Yeah, Ethan is so weird. Like. So, so weird creepy. and creepy that you're like, this can't be the killer. It would be way too obvious. Yes. I knew he was a red herring because of his creep factor. But at the same time, I was like, he could still be involved in some way. Yeah. Like, for instance, he didn't kill her, but he like got Natalie blackout drunk on purpose. You know what I mean? Like, he's that kind of guy because he's mm. like so upset. He's like, I can help her. And it's like, Ugh. sir, you need to help yourself because yeah. you're a mess. Because he was looking very druggy. No, you don't look good. Like, you look ill, too. Yeah. He also drives this, like, two-door yellow sport, like, Camaro, I think. Like, yeah, a really fancy sports car. And and I was like, this, that, that. He keeps showing up places. And, like, you're like, dog, we see your yellow <laughs> car. Like, what are you doing? This is the I most know. obvious car in town. And you think you're just like waiting outside of the funeral? Like we see you. I know. But also that yellow car, could we talk about it? Because it was like a very fancy sports car and Ethan was a very unfancy man. And I was like, he's either somebody who like 
whatever money he ever had just went into that car. 100%. And then he like lives in a, in a janky motel, in a flop house or something. Yeah. Because I was like, why? I was like, he, I literally think he wore the same outfit the entire movie. He was yeah. just looking janky the whole movie. He was very greasy haired. Again, he was supposed to be that kind of guy. But I was like, where'd you get money for this fancy ass car? No, I didn't. Um, I, I really hated the car and I really <laughs> did not like him. And I, so much so it was like in my mind that I had a dream last night that I got a baby blue Camaro. Like <laughs> in my dream, I was driving like the same car as him, but in like a... I guess more oh me color. I love and a powder everybody, blue. Everybody just kept being like, oh, this is so cool. And I was like, I know. Like I was like <laughs> Ethan in my dream. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. Okay. So as we said, he takes the car to the funeral. We like see him parked outside the funeral, which best friend Shelby is talking to Chief Nick and is like, I think that's weird because you know what they say, whoever killed them always comes to the funeral. Who's the guy in the car? Ethan, Natalie's ex, super creeper. And look where he is, just saying. I got him. And that is the moment I thought Shelby was the killer because she's instantly like trying to force suspicion on Ethan. Like she's like, well, he's a creep. Will you go talk to him? Chief of police. And I'm like, Shelby, you are doing a little too much with regards to trying to get Ethan arrested. Right. And that's when I was like, and she's talking about like, well, I read the killer comes back. Mm -hmm, Honey, mm -hmm. no, 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 no. Nobody asked for that. It's very obvious, like, the mom didn't like Ethan, and I don't think anyone else in the town does. Like, they're going to question Ethan. Okay, like, right. even if he didn't it. know the family, they're just like, hey, all the men with cars that go, you got to come in and be interviewed. <laughs> like, that's that's our suspect list is non-muffler card. Cars. Right. Cars. <laughs> I <it> mean, card? <laughs> I mean, luckily, though, Natalie's not really, like, clued into this. Cause you know no, she's obviously she's in boozing. that days. She's boozing. Yeah, she's, she's boozing. Like after that funeral, she goes right back to Rudy's again, the only bar in town, and she's sitting there having a stiff drink, honey. I did not see a mixer. No, no, no. She, she was, was having like, on the rocks. Exactly. And this guy, this cute guy, strikes up a conversation with her. Okay. Who is he, Megan? He is Stephen Coletti of Laguna Beach fame. <laughs> Wow, we are talking that, Steven, and he has aged really well. Can I uh, get a burger, medium rare, and a refill or whatever she's having? Oh, it's okay. You don't have to buy me a drink. No, I know, but they're really good here. He looked real good. Yeah, he looked hot and and great, and I'm happy for him. No, not a bloat, you know, not like... Right, right, It didn't look like he, like, scrambled to get into did I kill my mother shape. You know, he's just (laughs) been keeping it tight and good. And so he's, like... he, I actually couldn't tell if he didn't know who Natalie was and or if he was just pretending because it eventually comes out right. that he is a crime writer and he was working on a book with Natalie's father about the mob. Before he died, I was writing a book about the case he was working on. Manzotti family ties to organized crime. I reached out to your mother. Oh, but now they're dead, so you need a new source to exploit? No, he knew who she was. And he was trying to, like, be, like, a subtle, like, strike up a conversation, right? Trying to warm her up. Not on funeral day. Not on funeral day. Well, hello. And then also, especially because I'm like, so you know this person. You know the mom. You, exactly. Like, why would you choose the day of the funeral to introduce yourself? What? Maybe, maybe that's, like, a tactic because it's, like, she'll be her most vulnerable. Okay, defense is down. Which is inappropriate. 
I think it's inappropriate. Fully it's inappropriate. Like predatory. Um, now, at this point, we have talked about the burgers at Rudy's like five times. And like, the sweet potato fries. And the sweet potato, the sweet fries. potato fries. They don't stop talking about the sweet potato fries. Now, do you think the burger at Rudy's is actually good? Or do you think it's like the only place in town that has a burger? I think it is the only place in town that has a burger. Okay. Because I will say this, when we, we get a brief look at a burger yeah. towards the end. And the fries. Didn't dress it up. I say, if you've been talking about burgers and fries the whole movie, when you finally show me the burgers and fries, you need set dressing. You need somebody yeah. placing sesame seeds individually. I need yeah. to see crispy leaf lettuce, honey. Mm-hmm. Give me the elder's blue mayo. and pretend it's mayo, you know? Thank like, you. Well, and also there, everybody gets so happy when they're brought sweet potato fries. Fries do not travel well, okay? If there's one thing yes. I can impart on our listeners, do not Order no. delivery fries never, or even never. pick up unless you have an air fryer because it's yes. just sogginess. They sog. I mean, literally, you would have to pick pick them up from two minutes away from your home. Right. And that and is the longest amount of time. <laughs> right. And eat them in the car. Like, that's why I know. Everyone's like bringing fries. I'm like, I fries, soggy, soggy fries. But I will say this, though. I'm not a sweet potato fry person. No. I'll say it. I'll no. put it out there. I'm not a sweet potato fry person. I'm not either. I like a sweet potato. Uh, sweet potato. <laughs> I, like I do like a sweet potato. Like I'm. I like a more chopped up. Um, uh-huh. I do Roasted. not love it. I when I'm having a fry, I want a fry. Yeah, 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 honey. Just I want plain that. All. Yeah, I want that potato that my ancestors needed. Give me that just white <laughs> ass potato. <laughs> Now, let's just talk about, though, we've talked about Police Chief Nick, but do not forget a real, uh, the real antagonist here, Officer Monroe. Oh, wow. Female detective. We love to see it. But. And she is the first one to insinuate, not even insinuate, just say flat out, I think Natalie killed her mother. It just seems odd that Natalie didn't hear anything. If a table is thrown across the room, it's kind of hard not to hear it. Monroe, of course, is like right up there being like, how the hell is somebody going to get murdered downstairs and you don't hear it Yeah, or do nothing? And I was like, fair, detective, mm-hmm. fair. <laughs> and she's the, uh, I'm sure Shelby read this in her How to Find a Murderer for Dummies, but she's also <laughs> the person who found the body. And a lot of times right. that is like, oh, I found it. And it's like, yeah, because right. you did it. <laughs> you were right. there. I mean, listen to this moment where she's questioned by Monroe. Did you recently come back from a trip, a vacation? Were you planning one? No. You had a suitcase out in your room. It was hurriedly packed from the looks of it. If you didn't have any plans, what were you packing for? I don't think I want to answer any more questions right now. Natalie had a bag packed. Yes, because she said she was going to move out. And I think it's so, like, I don't know if she doesn't remember that, but she is being cagey. Like, she yeah, is yeah, yeah. answering and dodging questions in a way that it's like, you are making yourself seem suspicious. Right, 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 right. Definitely. I think you're right. She, like, didn't know what to do. The whole time, you know, she was very, Natalie's energy was really low. Like, it never really matched to me the stakes of the situation she was uh-huh. in, which automatically makes her seem guilty. Right. And obviously that was a choice because that's what it does because we're kind of like, did she, did she not? But like, she was always just kind of like, can I go now? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> put out by it. I will say of of the thrillers that we watched, this one does a really great job of making it seem like anybody is the killer. Like, absolutely. I suspect 
affected everyone. I mean, yep. uh, even just the town saying sweet potato fries travel well. I'm like, they're all liars, you know? There's not a person in this little small town that I that we can trust at this right. point. And so right. it's like, Shelby's a suspect. Crime writer Brody, you're, like, when I met him, I was like, oh, he did it. Like, you talked to both Definitely. of them. She doesn't know who you are. You're crazy. Yep. Natalie seems um, shady. Monroe, at some point, is going to be a suspect and it's mostly because Natalie just like hates her so much. And she's so adamant about Natalie doing it. Yeah. You know, whenever, you know, sometimes, sometimes lifetime can be a little a cab. And this movie is one of them where it's like Monroe is so fixated on this one path that that's where you're like, you know what? You are not doing your due diligence. Of course you've got to suspect the person closest to the victim, but you also need to cast a wider net. And that's why you think she's evil. And you know, it doesn't help that Ethan rolls up into Natalie's hotel room. Nat- Natalie literally leaves to get ice. She thinks a creepy guy is following oh her. Oh my God. She gets back to her room. Ethan's in the room. Why are you ignoring me? Ethan, how did you get in here? And he's like, the door was cracked. Natalie, you've got to close the door. Come Hello? on, girl. Ethan, you're a weirdo. Man that was going to the vending machine, you're a weirdo too. I like, <laughs> ooh, I hate when it's like, oh, that guy, he's just getting snacks. It's like, well, he's getting snacks in a really creepy way. Exactly. I know. It's like you see him and he like literally reaches into his pocket and you're like, okay, murderer. Yeah. And then instead he pulls out like a crisp dollar bill. And I was like, you could have done that less creepy, sir. And like, I've stayed in a lot of hotels as you have. I've, we've been alone in a ton of hotels. And a lot of times I'm like, hi. And so I will <laughs> like, I'll, even if I'm like with other comics and they're staying on like a different floor, I will get off the elevator and I will sprint to my hotel room because I'm like, right. someone's coming to kill me. I like, uh, and I'm doing this at like, oh, Ritz, anywhere, like right. a, a motel. It doesn't right. matter. What? Doesn't matter the price point. Yes. Doesn't matter the price point. It doesn't point. matter the amount of stars. I am sprinting yep. away from an imaginary person trying to kill me at all times I in a hotel. Know. Oh my God. I did the, like in like November 2019, I did a, t- a mini tour with the new Negroes. We just did like some Pacific Northwest. Uh-huh. And some of them hotels, honey, were janky. Do you know I stayed on, at a hotel where literally there was a faint handprint on the wall <gasps> in what looked to be dried blood? No. It was so light. And of course it wasn't red. It was more brown. Cause you know how blood will kind of go brown. And it was like on the wall. And I literally like made Baron come in my room and look at it. And I tried to get a picture, but because of the light, like it would never pop show up on the screen. But it was like, we were staying in some of those baby. And it was like, I was like, literally I would be like, one of y'all come walk to my room. Let me check the windows and make sure they're all locked. Um, yeah. 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 If, you know, yeah. If I, Cause we were like on a low floor. Yeah. And I was like, it's wild. It's like wild how many hotels are murder scenes. I I stayed at a motel in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan where you truly exited the highway into the parking lot. Oh, Like not a ramp, just like I'm on the highway, now I'm at Megan's door. And and oh. I put and it was ter- it had like a wind up TV. I mean, it was like a old, Ooh. very scary. And yeah. I pushed the dresser in front of the door. Yeah. And yeah, slept yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, uh, to just perform at a crappy pizza parlor. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> Why am I doing this to myself? 
God, it's so true. So we've been there. We're we're saying, Natalie, you gotta be right. You, you gotta, gotta pull that door. You, you gotta, gotta hear the click. You, you gotta, gotta have Shelby click. stay with you. You gotta. Right. You, we need strength in numbers, or we need the chief to send someone to sit outside the door. Like they're they're, they're much too willy nilly with Natalie's where she's staying and her safety. But I will say too. They willy-nilly with Natalie. Then we find out they just willy-nilly with the whole crime scene. Yes. Because Natalie yes. goes to her house. Shelby's with her. And they, like, hear a noise. Natalie grabs a fire per- poker. I'm into her. She's ready to fight. And she see, and basically, she, when she goes into her kitchen, Brody, crime writer Brody, is in her house taking pictures. Yeah. And he is way too confident for somebody who is breaking and entering. Will you please listen to this? Yes, this is that writer guy I was telling you about. Oh, him. Yeah, him, I think. Uh, what's with the air quotes? Publish. So what? I thought she told you to stay away. I mean, excuse you. Yeah. It, you it, literally broke into a crime scene that is also someone's home. And you seem like a suspect. Like, this is, everyone is committing a crime. Mm-hmm. Constant crime committing. And then they go back to the motel and he's staying in the room right next to Natalie. Right. No, right. I go, like, I, get out of this motel. <laughs> it's the one, look, this is a town though. I feel, This town feels real to me. It's like a town where it's like one motel, one bar. I feel like Rudy's is connected to the motel. Do you know what I mean? Like a small town with like just one of everything. Yeah. Kind of big, like that's where everyone goes. Cause that was the energy. Cause they're sitting at Rudy's and like, I'm sorry, Shelby's already a bartender there. If, if I was a bartender, that would be the last place I would go to have oh, a meal. Oh, well, but you know what? I was a bartender, and sometimes you like to go to the bar because you drink for free. That's you go, true. You know, That's they'll true. give you a drink. You'll see your regulars. I was such a bad bartender, but <laughs> so bad, but so mean. Like, wasn't Were good you? at making drinks, but oh also God, was a bitch so to funny. everyone. Oh, it was <laughs> really fun. I worked at a bar in, when I lived in Australia, and it was, it was in a hostel in Sydney. It was like oh, the YHA whoa. hostel, and it had a bar in the bottom. So you know that bar was popping off constantly. Yes. Very, very, you know, just young backpackers looking to make mistakes. But the thing about Australia, you know, they don't tip their bartenders there. So there is no incentive to, like, cozy up to people. Mm-hmm. You got paid. We got paid at the time. I was getting paid 17 an hour, which right. was a big deal. It was a good, yes, right? which you should be if you're yeah, not being tipped. Right, especially as, like, a backpacker. Like, you know, I, like, my bills were low. I was like, okay, I could do this. But because of that, honey, I wasn't trying to make friends with nobody. No. Like, I was literally like, what do you want? Okay, hold on. Yeah. And then he was like, I'm waiting. I'm like, I know you are. <laughs> ours was <laughs> all, our, ours was actually, the bar I worked at was in the first floor of a high rise in Chicago. Oh, and so cute. it was all regulars. And so it was like, you could be mean and they're coming back. Like, they're not... <laughs> If there's a blizzard, we're in their building. You know, like they're not going to not come to the bar attached to their home. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm going to take my time. (laughs) So what we're saying is we're really good bartenders. (laughs) Megan and I will be opening up a small little bar a la Rudy's and just plan on being there an hour before you get your drink. Exactly. Just come, come for the booze. Stay for us being bad at our job. Oh my okay, God. so yes, Shelby is cozied up to the bar where she also works, and she's like, let's play a little game, and let's hear how that game goes. Let's say we were in a Brody Long novel. Who are the possible suspects, and what are their motives? Okay, um, Ethan. My mom was trying to keep me away from him. Good. Too obvious, but good. 
What about Brody? The case was cold and he had to force it to reopen. The police? Maybe my mom proved that they botched the investigation on my dad and that could be embarrassing. Or me. Inheritance? What? No, I was... I was gonna say drunk and fight, but is that what you think? Is that why you wanted to play this game? No, I wasn't... It's just a stupid game. I didn't... I didn't Ooh. think her saying inheritance was that bad. No, I didn't think it was that bad either, but there was nothing to imply that they had. she had an inheritance. No. That's why I was like, where are you even getting inheritance from? Yeah, Like, you guys are besties? Right, and right, you right, didn't right. know? Right. If anything, all we found out is that the house is hard to sell, you know? Which means, like, <laughs> that may be the one asset. I Also, at this point, when we're watching it, I was, like, it, inspecting Rudy's. And I've mm -hmm. it, Rudy's, I believe, where they shot this is a golf bar. I think there's a golf course in the background. Uh -huh. um, yes, because then there was, like, a rack of chips. Like, and oh. all golf bars are called like the 19th hole or something oh, and okay. it was giving me real 19th hole vibes and then I really had a whole new take on Rudy's <laughs> and did you like it more were you like maybe the burger is good I just was like I just want to see an old woman in a squirt you know like <laughs> if that's who's there I'm excited oh my gosh as all this is going down, though, and they're playing this game where I was like, Shelby, I don't know what you think a game is, but that's not it. And now you get the vibe <laughs> that, like, they're going to be detectives, too. Right, right. Especially because Shelby's very much like, I read Killers Return to the Scene. And you're yeah. like, okay, yeah, yeah, I yeah. get it. You think you know what's up. But while that's happening, Brody is out here talking to Betty, the neighbor, the next door neighbor. And now I would like to say... We now officially have two black women in this movie. Okay, so, so that's... this, I mean, we can call it integrated. Rudy yeah. is also a black business owner. Yes, so that's true. We, so you know, this might be an inter, this is an integrated lifetime movie. And and Betty lives in that in the house or lives on the same street. So we're talking yeah. about an integrated neighborhood. Beautiful. No redlining here. Great. So that's beautiful. We love to see it. And Betty is a nosy neighbor. Like mm -hmm. when they, when mom, when Laura and Natalie were fighting, Betty's like across the street walking her dog. And that's like, I will tell you this. This is like the one thing I don't like about having a dog. I don't want to witness anything at night. I don't oh, want to yeah. be a witness. But because Mabel has to be out in these streets. Yeah. 10, I, 11 p.m. I was like, shit, I'm going to see some. I'm going to see bad. some one day. I feel bad for dog owners that they just have to be out. Weather, hours, like. Yeah. Um, what I do like about Betty, though, is she felt the same way we did about how Natalie spoke to her mother. I think I told you before, I always felt like a real closeness to that family. Yeah, you mentioned that. Not like I was actually a part of it. I mean, Laura was her mother. And let me tell you, she was a saint. Yep, you mentioned that. The way Natalie would speak to her sometimes, I would never. Black yeah. mama, black mama. Yeah. <laughs> also, she was very 227 to me. De Betty was very 227, like, I got some gossip, let's yeah. talk about it, mm -hmm. slash, I don't really know anything, I just want to be in the story. Exactly. Right? Like, that uh -huh. kind of neighbor who's like, I want to be in the mix. Mm -hmm. As Brody is leaving, the chief comes up and finds out, like, who Brody is and is like, no, 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 not in my town. We're not going to have right. some <laughs> choose-your-own-adventure writer trying to solve right. crimes. And he goes <laughs> over and tells Brody, like... Did you know that you could be charged with obstruction of justice for threatening or interfering with the witnesses of an ongoing investigation? 
right before that, Betty does make fun of Brody's book, which is like the third time someone makes fun of his writing. It's a great, it's a really (laughs) great running gag um, that I'm so happy was included to be like, he's a writer and his books suck. Really hope this book's better than his last. It was a real (laughs) snooze fest, you know? The one book he's published before this, literally, Shelby drags it, Betty yes. drags it. Everyone's I think like, Natalie you does. You can't write. It's like everyone, and I'm like, oh my God, Brody. So I feel like he's very attached to this whole case, this situation, because it's like he's finally going to try to prove himself. He's like, yeah. I can write. But you're like, Brody, you can't. Yeah. You can't. No, you can't. You have two and a half stars. We know how many stars he has. I know. It's like, but okay, speaking of car approaches, so Nick's coming up on Brody being like, get out of town. Natalie's getting in her car, and who gets in her car but Ethan? Ethan, what are you doing? What are you telling the police about me? Nothing. They came to talk to me. They wanted to know where I was the night your mother died. They're talking to everyone that's oh, connected. So, so now I'm connected? This, first of all, is something I'm afraid of. Like, meaning, because you know, when you open your car and all the doors are unlocked. And I'm always afraid. I'm like, a stranger could just mm, in my mm-hmm. car. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he just gets in that car and he's like so mad at her. Like you, pretty much like you sick to the police on me. Basically was his attitude. I do think in newer cars that it only opens the driver's side. And like when I get in my car and- 2017 sh- Jetta. 2017 Jetta, uh, four door. When I get in and close it, it, it locks itself automatically. My car does not. We have a Hyundai Ionic. Okay, it well. It will not. Like, once it unlocks, it's all unlocked. They, like, said, when I was buying it, they, like, pointed it out to me, the guy. He was, like, you know, like, he knew. Yep. He saw me and was, like, this bitch is afraid all the time, I'm sure. <laughs> having having literally lived through nothing is afraid of everything. And he's, like, and it locks immediately. And I'm, like, right. well, that was on my list of things I need but did not know I needed because I'm constantly being tried to guilt. Right. Be constantly right. being tried to kill. You know, sometimes the sentences, they just yeah. don't, like the words are there, but they're just not in the right order or they're Absolutely. missing. Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. We're doing our best. Ethan, you know what? Th- this is This is classic time for a restraining order on Ethan. We're done. You're yes. popping up in rooms, cars. Get out of the way from me. I thought he was going to, she was going to get one because you know, Lifetime will get a restraining out of order. See? Lifetime will get a restraining order out on a man. So yes. I was like, okay. I thought, because in the next scene, Natalie goes to the police, and I thought she was going to be like, I need a restraining order against Ethan. But no, she's going there to tattle on him. And then things start to turn for Natalie. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Okay, 
So Natalie goes to Detective Monroe at the police station to complain about him, but Monroe takes the opportunity to question Natalie. About a cup. Basically, there was condensation on a glass. Okay. So that's how you know. It's like, you said you were asleep, but there was condensation on a glass. If you went straight to bed, how do you explain this glass of water? I don't know. I was really drunk. Maybe I went down to the kitchen. I was really drunk. I don't really... You don't remember? I was like, okay, Monroe, cute. You, like, broke out your... Bill Nye. Monocle. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) you saw the details of the photograph. But, But then, like, this... Okay, this. Then after this, she leaves. Natalie's pissed, of course. You know, Monroe is pretty much saying, you did it. And then she goes in to the chief's office. She sneaks into Nick's office when he heads out. Prints out documents... From his computer. To print something. To print. And like, you cannot print something. Like, that is loud. Also, history. Like, you're going to see what was printed. And then also, if you're the chief of police, your computer should have some sort of lock on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I know he had just left the room, so maybe it hadn't powered down, but no. No, no, no. The moment you leave, you turn off that monitor, honey, and you just make sure. You're the chief of police. She cuts it really close. She almost gets caught. What she's printing out is the autopsy, like the tox report from her father's. Yes, um, the toxicology from her dad. But I don't think, do you know that at the time? I feel like I didn't know that until later, right? So she like prints that out and she runs out. And then when chief gets back in his office, we see Brody's mugshot on the computer. And that's what I thought she was printing out. Yes, me too. Because I was like, uh-oh. And I was like, okay, Brody is a pass. I was like, good. Because I'm very into Natalie taking the lead. I like when, you know, she's not this woman who's just like, I didn't do it. No, she's you investigating. She's, yeah, like, she's like, listen, I'm the police haven't found out who it is. There's no way I'm worse at it than they are. So <laughs> I'll do it. And for the record, Brody has a hot mugshot. <laughs> <laughs> mugshot or headshot. You know, it's like that guy. Do you remember that man who was like a drug addict, but he had a hot mugshot and then he became a bottle? Oh, yes. I love him. And then he was dating a billionaire, like a Ooh, an heiress's daughter. Yeah. Oh, my He was hot. God. I hope he's doing well. They had a kid together. I hope he's. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah. So Brody is writing a book called Daughter's Betrayal. That feels a like. Daughter's Betrayal. That's true. Okay. So Brody is already like, Natalie Dunn did it. And at this okay. point, they've, like, I guess at all points, they they have sexual tension, but it's never acted upon. Natalie is not in a sexual space, okay? This is a heroine who, you know, she's wearing gray. She's wearing long sleeves. She's giving us a light beachy wave, which is signature yeah, yeah, lifetime, yeah. but, like, a little messy. Like, she's got enough going on. She's like, literally, my parents keep dying, and I am doing nothing with my life. So I think she, like... So even if she and Brody have some tension, like nothing's happening. And I love it. I'm I sad. Love it. I'm sad because I'm like, you hooked up with, you dated Ethan, <laughs> who we both think looks ill. And right. you can't even like smooch the man in the motel room next door who <laughs> has recordings of your father, you know? But I get, I, I get, I get, I get your point because it's like not everything has to be a romance. <laughs> but to me, it does, you know? If you're going to have to, if there's a thriller, why can't they have a little sex too? I know. Well, thrillers usually do have sex at night, a dark and sexual encounter. And they did not this time. So you're right. I definitely thought it was going to happen, but at the same time it didn't. And I was like refreshed. You know what I mean? Something different. 
But so instead of having sex, they just like go to Natalie's house and look through clues. Which is he- sex to them. Um, <laughs> and then Natalie's like, I just want to be here alone for a while, which like. Which is insane to me. No, again. You want to no. be by yourself at night in the house where your mother was just murdered. And you're a suspect. You know, like you're afraid, but you should also be afraid. Right. And so we hear glass shatter. And then she goes downstairs. There's someone that runs oh by her God. dressed up in like a babushka scarf. Right. Like, he fully has a babushka. And fully through, has a babushka scarf. like a Russian grandmother scarf tied around yes. their head in like a comical, I have a toothache kind of way. Right. And <laughs> Natalie's able to get a swipe at them with a knife, does draw blood, but the person gets away. Right. Also love that she picked up a knife and used it. Again, Natalie is not... She's no wallflower. She's going to do this. So she does Mm -hmm. that. But that scarf was so wild. I was like, who is this person? It really made me laugh. (laughs) It was like, because I went in, they were stealthy, but the scarf was so not stealthy. And then obviously when they left, they like, like threw the scarf off. So they also like got a scarf from the house and then threw it off. And I was like, this is too good. Okay. I didn't even see that because they didn't want Natalie to. Right. It was like a quick, oh, she's here. Let me cover my face up. Let me see what's in the closet. Babushka. At that point, just take the scarf, you know? <laughs> you don't need to throw it aside. I'm like, it's got your DNA. But- right, exactly. There were a lot of things that had DNA that that we did not get any DNA answers for. I feel like that w- this is a police force that does not have the budget for DNA testing. Oh, That was okay, the energy gotcha. I got from them, you know? Okay, and so then um, Brody shows Natalie some clips of her father, which it's like- When he interviewed him. You've had these like a while. Why didn't you show her to these, like show her these earlier? That's the first thing I would have showed you. Like, hey, I interviewed your dad. Here is the proof that I'm not crazy and making it up. For hours. And he talked about you. I don't know. I was like, Brode. Um, Then we see Monroe is rifling through Natalie's car. She does have a search warrant. She finds the murder weapon, which is this bookend, and Natalie is arrested. The bookend that pretty much was the murder weapon for her mother. So it's like, we've been looking for this bookend, and now it's in your car. Mm -hmm. Well, well, well. Recognize this? Just a bookend. Log it. Natalie Romero, you were under arrest for the murder of your mother, Laura Romero. Right to remain silent. Turn your behind your back. Please. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. Basically, when she's arrested, Natalie comes out swinging and is like, "Uh uh-uh, uh, uh uh, here's who did it. Listen, it is. That's not the bookend that killed my mother. It just looks like it. That's how bookends work. There's two of them. You took that one after the fact and just got lucky that I already touched it. What are you talking about? You knew my father, didn't you? You know we did. We were friends. Yeah, but something happened, didn't it? And you redacted his toxicology report. This is ridiculous. Is it? If I'd aimed my knife better and ended up in your stomach, that bookend never even would have been in my car. (laughs) Okay, so she comes out swinging, but there is no proof because Monroe's arms are not cut. And also fully finds out from the chief that Brody is a criminal. Or has a criminal past. Mm Mm-hmm. And so now she walks away from Brody too. So she has no one, right? So she's like, Chief, I thought you were my dude. Brody, I thought you were gonna help me correct the case. I can't trust any of these hoes. And so she stalks away. And Monroe was like, okay, now this is my favorite scene. 
Oh, Monroe my God. goes to the house later. This? And actually, you know what? Let's just play this clip with his random neighbor. I live just down the street. I told the other officer my camera doesn't see the Romero house. Just the street. But he said they might be valuable anyway to paint a full and vibrant picture. Guy had a pretty good vocabulary for a cop. So actually, sounded more like a writer. What? What is this town? What is this town? This man is literally Catalan. This man is coming to us from the Spanish mountains. And he is nosy? Like, he has so much information. And then he's like, he didn't really even sound like a cop. He sounded more like a writer. It's like, what? <laughs> I was like, what are you doing, sir? I But it was so funny because like that, I like he comes up to the cop where he's like, my wife wants to know what happened. Like yeah. my wife's excited to know, like, because like they want to be involved in the case. And so I'm like, everybody in this neighborhood want to be involved in the case. You got Betty sticking her nose in. I know. We got the Spanish soap opera star being like, did my tapes help? And him and Betty, Betty and this Spanish soap star, they need to like start a newsletter together. They are both just such Their neighborhood characters. Watch. Their neighborhood and the, watch. And the, like, I think Monroe is like, did you do it? Like, you seem so bizarre. But he does give this nugget that a, a cop came and got footage and Monroe's like, no cop came. And so at this moment, I'm like, it's right. Brody. It's Brody. Exactly. To get, like, because I was like, very smart. But also, again, why didn't the cops get that footage it, the moment they, they went there? Okay, you go thanks. around the neighborhood. You say, "Do you have a camera?" This is yes. the suburbs, honey. It's a surveillance state. Somebody yeah. got a camera. Y'all didn't check that before. So I said, "Honey, when Brody got it, I said, you know what? This is on y'all. This is on y'all." I know. And so Brody is showing Natalie the footage, and you're like, "Oh, is Brody bad?" And that's when we see that Ethan's car was there yes. at the house earlier in the night than was ever realized. And you're yep. like, "Okay, Ethan did he it with did his it. bright ass yellow car, right?" Which is like, "Hun, if you're gonna do a murder, you gotta get a black sedan." What an idiot! So Natalie goes back to her house, the scene of the crime, calls Chief to come to the house, and is like. You know, Ethan does a lot of creepy things. Natalie, I think that accusation's pretty played out, don't you? There's a camera. While they are at the house, Brody, who didn't watch all of the footage, like only saw Ethan's car and was like, that's it, then sees Ethan's car pull away and actually... Another car, car pulls up. Well, we don't know yet, but we know yeah. it's another car. And it was like, uh-oh, uh-oh. And so while that's happening, you know, Ethan shows up at her house. And the chief is like, I got this. And he goes downstairs. We hear a gunshot. Nick? Natalie goes downstairs. And Ethan is dead. He hit me. He hit me. I was holding a gun on him and he hit me. He was probably drunk. Yeah, uh, he was probably drunk that night, too. Yeah. First of all, like, Chief, you have about 100 pounds on Ethan, and yeah. he is way too frenetic to be dangerous. We didn't but, hear a okay. struggle. I know, nothing like fell. There was no pushing into a bookcase. But then Natalie notices he has, there is uh, blood on the Chief's, his shirt sleeve sure. from where he was yeah. cut. You're bleeding. Must have hit me harder than I thought. And obviously didn't even put a bandage on it. I mean, sir. But it's like literally bleeding through his shirt. And so she realized, like, that was the person whose arm I cut with the knife 
when they ran out in a babushka. And now I really want to see that entire babushka scene I again, know. knowing it's the chief in the babushka. Because the chief is like a like Brody and Ethan and probably Monroe have very similar body types. Yeah, builds. And, yeah. and the chief is very different than them. And right? it's like, oh, I feel like I would have noticed if that was the chief, but I, I don't know if they used a different body double. He was like hunched over, right? He like made himself small. Like he literally made himself look like a grandmother. Yeah. But I was like, oh my God, chief, that was your plan? Yeah. It was just like wild. And so- Natalie knows it's him now. Right, and he knows, she knows, and listen, it is. Natalie Romero, you are under arrest for the murder of your mother, Laura Romero. I advise you not to resist. Ooh, wow. No, 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 no. He drags her outside puts her in the car. And then this is the scene that like creeps me out the most. She, Natalie is like banging and and screaming in the car. And it's kind of like soundproof or the chief is able to like distract Betty who's outside with her dog. Well, at first she can't hear it. And that's what's crazy. I was like, Betty, we you establish yourself as nosy. And now when we really need you button in, you ain't coming over. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Because she's like right. literally trying to be like, Betty, help me. And Betty's like, I don't hear nothing. Mm-hmm. What, Betty? Your whole point is to hear stuff that you shouldn't hear. And so I was very annoyed that Betty did not come through. And <laughs> literally the chief just kind of waves and then they drive off. And I was like, oh my God, he's going to kill her. Yes. And then as that's happening, you know, Monroe goes to Brody because she realized he's the like cop who sounded like a writer and is like, what you doing pretending to be a cop and stealing yeah, footage? Yeah, that is and I was illegal. Like, you, that's you illegal. I was like, yeah. Monroe, you're in the right. You're in the right here. And he's like, I know I obstructed justice, but you got to take a look at this. And then he shows that it's Nick, Chief Nick's car, who pulled up the night of the crime. So Nick in the meet, like the, Monroe and Brody are like, we got to go. And she's like, you're still arrested. And he's like, okay, that's fine. We got to go get them. Chief is taking her to the Manzanati, Manicotti, Malanatis. Um, where, Miatas, where the marsh, they, the swamp marsh. The swamp where they drop all their bodies. Where they drop their bodies. Nick took him, and you're like, oh, snap. And I will say this, though, because I fully forgot about the Manicotis. I know. <laughs> I was like, oh, because at one point, Natalie is like, does this have any connection to my dad? Like she says it early on, but they really kind of drop it. Yeah, they and said it I was like the, a drunk drive, a single car accident yes. drunk driving with the dad. So I thought the Manzanatis were going to be like a red herring, just something to like keep in the air. But no, no, no. Listen to all this. You're never going to get away with this. Too many people saw you. Yeah, well, that's the thing about trust. People trust you, you can get away with anything. So you told my father. I didn't have to tell your father anything because he trusted me. See, your dad, he wasn't an idiot. As a matter of fact, I think he probably would have rolled over if the man saw he had asked him. Just like I did. Okay, okay, Nick. Wow, you have been on the take this whole yeah. time. Which, like, I then feel stupid because it's like, yeah, if the mob is involved and both of your parents are dead, it's probably the mob. Like, I know Nick did it, but, like, Nick did it because the mob made him do it. 
So it's like, yeah, of course that makes sense. <laughs> like, yeah, I know, mob. but at the same time, like, we never even see the mob. So we no. don't have a sense of how pervasive they are in the town. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, what did they have over you, Nick? We don't really even know they had over him. I think he's just a corrupt cop who takes money. He's like, and didn't want to get caught. Money. Yeah, he knew that the he knew Natalie's dad was going to get him. So he staged him die him, you know, getting into an accident. Right, the car and accident. then then we are at the very end of this film, we see flashbacks of him talking to mom, Laura, and Laura's like, I requested the case file. I requested the autopsy. She's yep. doing what Natalie was doing, which it's is like in the blood. It's in their yes, blood. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll be the detective and I'll get to the bottom of it. And Nick couldn't get her to just like shake that. And that's when he killed her. That's when he killed her. And it was just like, oh my God, this is insane. Well, to me, it's like, because you find out, because basically the whole thing was the toxicology report says dad was drunk driving, but mm-hmm. dad had been sober for five years. Obviously, we know Nick fakes that report. Yeah. But to me, if that's what happened, you just got to fake reports. You got to fake reports for the rest of your career. You don't have to kill people. It's like, it, I was like, Nick, there are other ways to handle the corruption without just killing people left and right. All, yeah, also, and framing yeah, their daughter. Yeah, you're the cop. This is going to sound bad. You're the cop and you're his friend. Why don't you just let the mob kill him? Just look the other way or just like don't investigate it well. But sometimes I'm wondering if it's a thing where they like the mob needed the Nick to like prove to them that he was like down. Loyal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then they're at this marsh and then there, you know, there's like a. Monroe comes. Yes. Monroe comes. They're able to find where Natalie is because Ethan's phone was tracking her because he is. Dead Ethan. A a stalker ex-boyfriend. And Brody's like, yeah, of course he's tracking her. I don't track CJ and CJ does not track me. I know. I don't have a tracker. I've never used it, but it does feel right that Ethan would. And I love how quick. Brody was on the uptake. Yes. And so they're able to track them to the marsh. Well, Monroe comes and then, you know, Natalie is able to like fire a warning shot to subdue Nick and Monroe gets over there. But also part of it is like Shelby and Brody drive up. Yeah. And when she like honks the horn and Nick is like, what? And I was like, Shelby, Shelby's back involved, Mm -hmm. loving every minute of it. Mm -hmm. And finally... Finally, the evil is over. Mm-hmm. Nick is not is dead, but he is yes. arrested. And because he was going to kill Natalie and Monroe. Yeah. I mean, my God, this guy is crazy. This guy is crazy. I also I was very glad because I got I was nervous he was going to die. And I don't I don't like when the no. killer dies. No, that's not the closure I want. That's but not the closure also, I like, want. He's in with the mob. I guess they could just like turn on him and pretend he's not. Yeah, they kill him. But they yeah, could no, they also, but they could also just get him out of, you know, like if yeah, you have a cop inside, you don't want to let that asset go. Absolutely, but like once he, once his reputation's tarnished, you can't right. use him anymore. Oh, you're right. So, so they would he, have to. You see what I'm saying? So he may be as good as dead. Right. And then in our coda to this beautiful piece, we are back in Natalie's and her her family home, and she's packing up the place, and she's about to go. To law school. She's finally getting herself together. And neighbor Betty comes in. Yeah. With burgers and sweet potato fries from Rudy's. Somebody ordered a Rudy's? <laughs> Get that for you. Thank you. <laughs> Why are they making Betty do that? That's how I felt. 
Well, I don't know if maybe that's just like, I think Betty has a caregiver soul. Betty's mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. this girl has no parents. Um, yeah. She does have one black friend. Right, um, right, And right. maybe I should bring her some burgers. Well, thank God. I was almost worried that Betty and Shelby were going to be related. And I was so glad when they yeah. were not. I'm surprised they were. <laughs> I'm surprised they were. Isaac is beautiful. And, and they're not related to Rudy either. Right, exactly. Again, this is a very integrated town and we're yeah. feeling it. But, you know, speaking of caregiver energy, I think this is the time we need to just bring on our special guest. And when I say special, I mean special. special. Oh my God, this is beautiful. Who are we talking to, Megan? We are going to be discussing, did I kill my mother with my actual mother who I did never kill, did never kill, (laughs) did never kill, and will not kill Peggy Gailey. Oh my God, this is the stuff dreams are made of. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Okay. Hi, Mom. Hi, sweetie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Naomi's here with us, too. I know. Hi, Naomi. It's so good to see you almost in person. I know. So this is a true honor to finally meet you, Peggy. And I'm going to tell you, our listeners are also <gasps> excited. Okay? They're excited to meet you, to hear you, <laughs> because you are a true presence. You're a mm-hmm. presence on this podcast. You are. Yeah. You can ask me anything you want. Okay, great. We're going to. Okay, so we watched a movie this week called Did I Kill My Mother? Question mark. Um, and the movie ends, and it's basically that the mob has been the culprit that killed this girl's father and then her mother. Now, you grew up in a very, like, mob town. Was that scary ever? Uh, yeah. I mean, there were a couple occasions where... Um, a boy wasn't very nice to a girl and, um, he ended up in the trunk of a car with broken legs. He was alive, but his legs were broken. What? Peggy, what? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. For true. For real. But, but, but Megan, I mean, the title of this movie kind of makes me laugh because, um, do you remember when we were at Our Lady of Peace and someone near and dear to both of us said, did I kill your... Fill in the blank. No, I don't think I do. Oh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. What? Was there a murder at a church? Heck no, give Our me Lady all of Peace the was a retirement community where both all, both of my grandmothers lived at one point. Um, <laughs> so my, mo- my mother had Alzheimer's. Oh, yeah. She thought she killed her husband. She thought she killed your father. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. 
Okay. And got away with it. Yes. yes. Now, so, but she didn't. No, Naomi, she didn't kill her. <laughs> now, Peggy. Yes. If you had to solve a murder, which one of your children would mm-hmm. you trust to help you crack this case? Oh, absolutely, Megan. Every time. I mean, that's no surprise, right? Every yeah. time. I mean, but one of your children is a lawyer. Yeah, but I think you you think outside the box. Now, Peggy, you know, speaking, you said Megan every time. You know, I also want to yeah. take this time on the record to just ask yeah. you, which of your children is your favorite <laughs> and why? <laughs> oh, that's a really great question, Naomi. Thank you so much for throwing me to the dogs. <laughs> um, you know what? At, at any particular moment in time, Everyone rises to the top. So, Uh I mean, you know, that's just how it is being a mom. You're just, I'm really lucky that the kids are great and they all take turns being shitheads. I mean, (laughs) can I say that on Lifetime? Of course. Yeah, you can call your own children shitheads. Lifetime loves that. (laughs) Oh, I hope that doesn't go down in in perpetuity. Yeah. (laughs) My next question. So, you know, you have been with your husband a long time, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A long time. How long? We have been married 42, going on 43 years in November, but I've known him since I was 10. <clears throat> That's a long time. It's 55 <laughs> years. Oh, my God. Okay. Peggy, in 55 <laughs> yeah. years, he has not tried to murder you, which is huge. Okay? In Lifetime movies, husbands are murdering. They are tricking. The, the deceit is rampant. Can you tell us and our listeners, what is the secret to making love work? You know, having a husband that doesn't want to kill you or try to kill you. Well, to debunk that, I would say that actually there was one time. I'm, I swear to you, if there had not been this little guy there named Franklin, he would have pushed me off the side of a mountain at Machu Picchu. Absolutely. Absolutely. He looked at me like he wanted to kill me. <laughs> And now he talks about it like it's the greatest event he ever had. So, You think dad was going to push you mm-hmm. off a mountain in Machu Picchu? Hell yes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. What yep. What had you done? Um, so I, I planned this trip and we, we got off this train where they said, okay, if those of you who are hiking, get off. And he thought the whole train was going to empty and they literally threw us off, like three of us. That's all who got off the train and we're and and it was really like six feet from the ground. I mean, I had to jump to uh, land safely. Anyways, we walked a little bit, walked over a couple of bridges and and then he said, we're having to walk that. And then he kept looking and I said, yeah, and it took us seven hours to go seven miles. It was up and down and over. I mean, it was incredible. Yeah, it was a big deal. And at one point, he was tired. And we had walking sticks. And and I think he would have probably loved to have just tripped me with a walking stick. (laughs) (laughs) You know, a lot of husbands on Dateline push their wives off of mountains. That's like a... That is like Mm -hmm. a... That is a a way that Mm -hmm. white men murder their wives, for sure. I mean, and you know, there's people that go on honeymoons and they get shoved off stuff. But no, this was after they do. about 35 years. And yeah, but um, but it was, you know, it was great. And, and I was so glad Franklin was there. He was just this lovely man who carried our stuff. So he saved my life. Okay. So Franklin was like a guide. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
my goodness. I thought Franklin was just a guy. A I know. I guy. thought he was just a man on the trip, too. But he's like yeah. a, a paid man that was could have witnessed oh, my no, father no, no. murder my mother. <laughs> In Lifetime movies, we notice that the daughters mm-hmm. and the mothers, the daughters say the craziest, rudest things to their mothers. And I would love to know mm-hmm. what is the rudest thing Megan has ever said to you? Well, I can remember, I think she said it to both Megan's dad and I at the same time, but it was directed really more at him. And it was at a tennis match. Megan, do you recall? Um, Yes, I had a... I think dad said something like, choke up on your racket or something. You tell this story better. Yeah, I wasn't playing well. And my dad was like coaching me from the sidelines and I was 16 and I definitely yelled in front of all the parents and everyone in this tennis tournament like that, he could go himself. (laughs) But that wasn't at my mom. (laughs) No, no. Okay. Okay. Well, I felt lucky that it wasn't at me. No, you were, you were, you were, um, what's a good word for it? You were exhausted. I think, um, getting ready for your wedding and (laughs) you were reacting we were helping to get you into your dress. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do remember you like you didn't even mean to, but you didn't hold the door for me when I was like walking out somewhere at the wedding. And I was like, Mom, this is not about you today. And I just, you know, I just reached my, um, you know, you just reach your when someone doesn't hold the door for you and you're in the white dress, you get pretty pissed. Thank <laughs> it. Oh, my God. So Naomi, watch it when she's going through a doorway. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, this was beautiful. Peggy, thank you so much for coming on here and taking the time to talk to us. Yeah. Happy Mother's Day. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And um, I hope I said something that helped spark the conversation about how wonderful mothers are and how what a wonderful event Mother's Day is. Yes. Absolutely. You are a mother who no one would kill. No. Thank you, Naomi. Thank you so much. (laughs) Megan, Peggy was everything I ever dreamed of. I mean, gosh, I'm glad she made it back from Machu Picchu because, (laughs) uh, you know, they, I never, I never knew this. They just talk about Machu Picchu with such love and and, <laughs> and glowing reviews that I didn't know there was a, a near-death Dateline episode in the making happening. Dying over me being like, how do you make marriage work? And he's like, oh, no, he wanted to kill me. Oh, no. He <laughs> She's like, Franklin saved my life. <laughs> Franklin. <laughs> like, it's so funny because you never knew that. It takes a podcast. It takes oh, a podcast yeah. to really know a person. And the thing and- is... I have had her and my father on another podcast I did, and that didn't come up. That didn't come up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That was like, and then also grandma thought, she was like, did I kill my husband? Which is very much a Lifetime episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know Alzheimer's is not funny, but that is a very funny moment for someone to have because Mm -hmm. it didn't actually happen. Yeah. But I just feel like she... I, because you know what it's like, we've all thought about killing our partner. 
We've all thought about it, honey. Oh, and especially in, in this last year. Honey, it's come to the fore. And she's like, did I do it? Because I thought yeah. about doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so like, she's like, listen, he's not here and I don't remember what happened. So I'm going to put myself at the top of the suspect list. <laughs> My mom just texted and said, do people have podcast remorse? I feel like I did a disservice to you and Naomi. Oh, yeah. Like that we're recording and immediately get a text from mom after. That is very real. She, and then she said, sorry, sweetie. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so it was so lovely to just talk to a mom. You know, I just I feel mm-hmm. like I haven't talked to anyone new lately. And <laughs> to talk to someone who's not, you know, living in L.A. and in the business and someone who has three children. And now, Megan, here's what I'm thinking, though. Lifetime movie where you and your mom solve a murder. I would love it. I would love it. Honestly. I've always thought like if 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 comedy doesn't pan out for me, my mom and I can be a mother daughter real estate team. And like she doesn't even need to do it. I just like want the headshots of us together. Um, Just standing back to back. Exactly. Like for the gimmick, people be like, oh, I'll go to that mother and daughter. But she's just like fully retired at home. And I'm the one. But I'll be like, you'll meet Peggy someday. Um, She's like the wizard. I'm like, yeah, if you buy this house, I'll take you to Peggy. Um, and so a mother daughter detective team, I mean, we've got, we've got so many mother daughters, but I, I don't believe we've seen a mother daughter detective team. And I would love that. Especially because we don't see it. We have yet to see a mother and daughter, like who get along, you know, we only see the tension. So it can be very fun to just have them on the same side. So that's Mm -hmm. great. You know, we'll think about just creating a trilogy around that. I'm really into building a franchise. So great. That feels good. That feels right. Naomi, what did did I kill my mother question mark teach you? If the mob was involved, it's the mob. Yes. 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 I think that is the number one lesson that we besides that fries don't travel well. If the mob is knows anybody yep. in if if the mob knows anyone in the story, knows anyone in the script, the mob is the mystery. They did yep. it. Yep. Mob, mob, mob. I mean, what were your takeaways? What is going to help you sleep at night? For sure, the mob. Um, also, like, murderers do not have a yellow car. Right. I just think it's too, like, yeah. they have a black car. They have, like, a car that has, like, super intense, um, what is it when you can't see through the window? Yeah, tinted windows. Tint. Yeah, they have, like, illegal tint. Yeah. They are not in a yellow, vroom, vroom. Like, yeah. they're not in a car that would be in the movie Cars. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the whole time that they were, like, chasing Ethan, I was like, this is a mistake. Right, you go nondescript. You go nondescript mm-hmm. if you want to murder. Mm-hmm. That's and real. I guess on a personal level, I learned that just because a man and a woman are staying in a motel room next to each other and helping each other solve a crime, they do not have to have sex. That was important for you to learn. Yeah, it was. That was important for you to learn, okay? Whew, this was a fun one. This movie was fun. It was was real. The tension was real. It was palpable. And I was totally thrown. I did not see it coming that it was Nick. And so I just love that even after all these years, Lifetime can still surprise me. They can still surprise me. They did a great job making us think it was everyone and no one. And I think this would be a really fun movie to watch with your mom, especially (laughs) because she didn't actually kill her mother. Exactly. And if anything, we see a tender coda where when she was drunk, mom brought her a water and was like, I love you. So ultimately there is love between mother and daughter. And that's beautiful. Even if you're blacked out. (laughs) 
Okay, you guys, I hope you enjoyed every second of Did I Murder My Mother. Megan, what are we watching next week? Tell me, tell me, tell me. Gosh, just when I think we found the movie with the best name, we get another film for next. I just like I have to stop saying it's my favorite name. (laughs) Next week's film is Deadly Mile High Club. Okay, so if I didn't think there was enough sex in Did I Kill My Mother, I think this one's definitely going to satisfy my needs, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Deadly Mile High Club. The logline for this, a deranged flight instructor, I'm already excited, becomes obsessed with a handsome student and tries to destroy the people in his life and make him fall in love with her. Wow. First of all, I'm in. I'm in. Lady flight instructor. Love to see it. And also destroying the people in his life. It's going to be hard to not be on this female pilot side. (laughs) I know that. Obviously, she, you know, is deranged. Something's going on with her. But when I see a female pilot, I go, we are in good hands. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Every I'm like, you know what? We about to land. It's going to be smooth as hell. And it's going to be beautiful. You guys. We can sleep in peace. You need to watch Deadly Mile High Club. Okay, it's on Lifetime Movie Club. And I'm going to tell you real quick. Okay, and they they didn't even tell me to say this. because I'm just going to say it. If you listen to this pod, you like Lifetime movies. Facts on facts. So Lifetime Movie Club is $3.99 a month. Hello. I mean, my goodness. If you have made it through this pandemic, if you are working and you got $3.99 to spare, it is worth every penny. I'm telling you. Treat yourself. It's true. I pay for it. And I think we actually probably get it for free, but I just pay for it because I think it's such a great product and such a low rate that I say, listen, LMC, take my $3.99. Take my $3.99, LMC, because the amount of entertainment you give me is truly priceless. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Bye. I love a Lifetime movie. If you love Lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN because it just might be the movie we talk about next. This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. Absolutely not. (laughs) I Love a Lifetime Movie is produced by Julie Magruder. With Samantha Gatsik as sound mixer. Executive produced by Jesse Katz and Ted Butler. With original music by Blake Maples. And hosted by... Naomi and Megan. Us. 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 I mean, you you should know that by now. If you've gotten to this point, you should know that we're the host. Okay? <laughs> I, it feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll put ourselves in the credits. 